0: right. well good morning Transit Church. How's everyone doing today? Good. Amen, amen. Good to see all of you today. Uh, As that video showed, we're going to be continuing our sermon series going through the book of Acts. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. If you're new here and you don't know what the book of Acts is, simply put, it's just a book in the Bible. But more than that, uh, the book of Acts is an eyewitness account of how the followers of Jesus Christ lived their lives after Jesus Christ died on the cross for uh, our sins and rose to new life and ascended to heaven, the book of Acts uh, catalogs for us the eyewitness account of what the early church, the followers of Jesus, uh, did, how they lived their lives. And simply put, what we've been seeing in the book of Acts and what we will see is that the church of Jesus Christ is to be essentially Jesus-continued. The, the ministry of Jesus continued. At his ascension, Jesus, Matthew 28, gave the great commission to go to all the nations and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and teaching them to obey everything that I commanded you to do. So at the ascension, Jesus Christ essentially passes the baton of what he started in the Gospels to the church, the early church, and we are entrusted with that same commission to go make disciples and advance the kingdom Of God through the power of the Spirit to the ends of the earth. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. So, today's text, what we're seeing is we actually catch a glimpse. We're going to be talking about healing today. Who's here excited about that? Somebody healing? Yeah. Um, And uh, so, we're talking about healing, and we see Peter and John do something that looks shockingly similar to what Jesus did in the Gospels. So, again, we see that the way the book of Acts begins, he says, O Theophilus, this is verse 1 of the book of Acts. The author of Luke, writing to Theophilus, says, um, in the first book, in the first gospel of Luke, I told you about everything that Jesus, and a key word here, Jesus began to do and teach. So so basically what, what Luke is saying there is that the gospels were just the warm-up of what Jesus Christ wanted to do. The gospels were just the inbreaking of the kingdom that was going to spread to the ends of the earth through the church, okay, through the spirit-filled church. And so that's where we're going to be Acts 3, 1-10. through Open your Bibles. Three things we're going to be looking at. Today, as we're seeing this uh, story of a man who was lame from birth get healed, was this. Three things we're going to talk about healing today. Healing is born out of compassion of Jesus for those who are suffering. Secondly, healing is one of the ways Jesus Christ intends for his kingdom to advance in the hearts of men. And thirdly, healing glorifies and magnifies the name of Jesus Christ. Of Nazareth. So let's pray and then we'll, we'll dive on in here. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you with mouths full of praise and thanksgiving and gratitude. You have filled us afresh uh, with breath in our lungs to, to praise you and thank you. We were created by you and we were created to know you and we say thank you where sin sought to separate us from knowing the living God. Jesus, you died to set us free from sin and to reconcile us back home back into the embrace of our Father. So we are here for your glory. We pray, Lord, that today, from start to finish, your name would be magnified. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come. You would would fill us afresh with love for Jesus. Give us eyes to see him. Uh, Give us hearts to know him and obey him and love him, Lord God. Wherever there's opposition or hardness in our hearts, uh, Holy Spirit, come and soften us. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way with your word and your people, and that you would magnify Jesus. I pray that that Jesus Christ would be exalted. He would increase, and I would decrease, and be swept away up here and forgotten, Lord Jesus. We love you. We live for your glory, and we praise you, and we pray all of these things in your mighty name. In Jesus Christ we pray, amen. All right, well, the first point of my talk is this, is healing is born out of compassion. Healing is born out of compassion, the compassion of Christ for those who are suffering. Uh, Let's look at verses 1 through 5. to receive something from them. This guy uh, didn't know what he was in for, all right? So uh, immediately in our text today, we're introduced. The first thing I want to hone in on is we're introduced to a man, and it says in our text that he was lame from birth. So I have three kids at home, five, three, and four months. I have two walkers, and one is kind of a, a roller now. You're tracking me? One of the greatest delights of a parent is seeing the development of your kids, right? They go from just kind of sitting there and you know, just being cute little ball of chubs, and then they then they start rolling. My son now, little Nick, he's four months old. He he hasn't gotten the full roll. He's doing like side planks. You're with me like he's out there. I just kind of want to like nudge him. Like you did it. Like you know, 180. He's got the 90 degree turn, and then and then they shift from rolling to crawling, right, and then and then to standing and and kind of furniture walking, right, doing this, this the side shuffle here to do that a little bit. And then one of the greatest joys of a parent is seeing the the first shaky step of your kid. And you can always tell when a kid is is learning how to walk, right? He looks like an MMA fighter. You know, he's like, not on his head, black eye, bloody lips, just falling over the place, you know, hitting the furniture, all that stuff, right? And uh, and then the joys of that, of, of where I'm at uh, as a parent is, is yes, the elation, the videos, the joy of seeing your kids. But now my kids are are running and, and jumping and and climbing like, like that, that innocence, innocent joy of childhood where like the curse of sin hasn't really gotten a hold of them yet. You know, you're tracking with me, right? This man, when it says he was lame from birth, didn't have that childhood experience, right? His vantage point growing up was sitting and watching all the other kids walk, all the other kids run, all the other kids climb the trees and play. And I imagine if we, if, we, if we sit in this a little bit and put ourselves in our shoes, I imagine conversations growing up this kid would have with his parents of, Mommy, Mommy, why am I this way? Why did this happen to me? Will, I, will there ever come a day where I'll walk again? And I imagine the, 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 the parent just not having the words to say, not knowing what to say, trying to give an answer, and then going into another room and sobbing their guts out in tears of what their son is going through. And so if we're, if we're, I imagine that's what this man's childhood experience looks like. We know later on in Acts that this man is in his 40s. And so you fast forward to the present day, and this man, it says in our text, has other people, friends, family members, daily pick him up. A grown man having other grown men have to pick him up and carry him to the temple to beg for money so he can survive. And I imagine if I were to put myself, we were to put ourselves in his shoes, the difficulty that would be a man in his forties to have to have other people to, to just be at the behest and the grace of other people, right? And I imagine he's wrestling with thoughts of shame, uh, self hatred, uh, doesn't understand understand any sense of dignity or self worth. Uh, maybe thoughts of I'm just a burden to everyone else around me. It would be better off if I wasn't here, right? I imagine that's what. He's going through, and, the, and, and there comes a day, there comes a day, what he's doing, what he he's always done, right? He's at the temple outside the most beautiful gate. This was the most highly trafficked area in and out of the temple. He's strategically placed uh, uh, there around 3 p.m. Uh, daily ritual prayer back in Jerusalem at the temple was 9 a.m. and 3 p.m., so he's positioned at the, 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 the right place in the right time. That was probably his spot, right? So he's sitting there. He's got kind of the cardboard sign, right, if you will, with his story, uh, the, the hat upside down to fill the hat with coins, and he's doing what he's always, always done, expecting this to just be a normal day until Peter and John, filled with the spirit of the living God, walk by him. And this is what verse 4 says. I love verse 4. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. Look at us. I want to hone in on there. Hold in on that real quick. I love that line because immediately what we see is that Peter and John didn't do what a lot of us tend to do when we pull up to the street corner and we see someone asking for money. They didn't look away. It says, it says there's a whole verse that Luke goes to Lancaster saying they fixed their gaze upon him, right? Peter and John didn't see the guy who they knew was there before. They probably talked to him before. They probably gave him money before. Maybe even prayed with him before. They didn't see him and go, oh, Peter and go, oh, hey, John, ah, man, there's that guy again. I don't have any cash on me. Dude, let's go to the other gate. Like, Let's go the long way, you know? They didn't say that, right? They didn't, they, they, they did what everyone else didn't do, which was look away, give money, kind of look away, and, and not intervene. Why do I say that? Because we need to understand when the text says they directed their gaze at him, we need to understand that's a look of compassion, I believe, right? It's a look of compassion. They're saying to this, what they're communicating, they're communicating dignity when they look at him and press into the brokenness, dignity, value. You're worth me stopping and talking to. You are made in the image of God. Jesus said in Matthew 25, if we serve the homeless and the least of these of society, we're doing it unto Christ. So as they're looking at this lame beggar, they're looking at Jesus. Because Jesus said in a way, figuratively speaking, but according to Matthew 25, go read Matthew 25, Jesus said, I meet you out there just as much as I meet you in here. I meet you in the brokenness as you go to serve and love and redeem a brokenness in ourselves. That's where I meet you. So they're looking at him. And that's a look of compassion. And all throughout the Gospels, if you read the Gospels, we see Jesus do the same thing. He fixes his gaze. He doesn't look away. He fixes his gaze at brokenness. It wells up compassion in him that leads to action, and then he prays for healing. Matthew fourteen fourteen. look at this. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself in my notes, actually. No, I'll read it right now. Matthew 14, 14. When he, <laughs> when he went ashore, he saw, he saw something. Jesus fixed his gaze. Something caught Jesus' attention. And what happened in the text it says, and, and something welled up within him. Not apathy, not apathy. He did something about it. compassion. It was the compassion of Jesus for the crowd that led him to press in to praying for healing the sick. And the reason I share this, the reason I hone in on this is because often when we talk about healing, we never once mention the heart of Jesus for healing. And because healing is uncomfortable or maybe we've been uh, wounded through living in that tension of praying for healing and God not healing, that uh, uh, we come up, we kind of try to do some theological jujitsu to out-wrestle what God's word says, right? And so we adopt a theology that causes us to get a a free pass from pressing in and to praying for healing for the sick saying God doesn't do that anymore. That was only the apostles who healed. That was only, we say, oh, that was only, the only reason Jesus healed was to verify his messiahship or or, or to verify the apostles' apostleship. And according to Matthew 14, 14, it was the heart of Jesus of compassion that led him to heal the sick. And this is what Sam Storms says about the heart of Jesus for healing. This is what he says in his book, The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts. The word mercy is the same one used in the Gospels to describe why Jesus healed people while he was on the earth. God's motive for healing hasn't changed. The primary reason God healed through Jesus prior to Pentecost was because, watch this, he's a merciful, compassionate God. And the primary reason God continues to heal after Pentecost is why it's because he's a merciful compassionate God God is no less merciful no less compassionate no less caring when it comes to the physical condition of his people after Pentecost than he was before Pentecost do you, do you catch that there the reason healing is still for today is because the very nature of Jesus cannot change He's the unchangeable God. His heart to intervene and redeem brokenness and suffering is still his heart. Before Pentecost and after Pentecost and after Acts and in 2021, Jesus is still healing the sick. By the way, there is a whole book by Dr. Craig Keener, a 1,000 pages of medically documented healings. Medically, a 1,000 pages. Go look it up. It's like a Tolstoy novel. The War and Peace of Miracles. All right? Medically verified healings, all right, and we're in the Acts 29 network. Sam Storms and Matt Chandler, they're pressing into this. I can show you the podcast. Matt Chandler is getting words of knowledge. The Holy Spirit is revealing to him physical ailments in their meetings. He speaks the word of knowledge. Hey, I feel like someone's going to get healed of stage four ovarian cancer, and people are getting healed of stage four cancer at the village church in 20, as of 2019 at the time. So that's our network. That's what we're doing. God is still healer. This is what he is still doing because it's tied to his nature. It's tied to to his nature and i'll say if god is still healing people today which he is because he's a compassionate god who loves who loves to heal brokenness then let it be church let it be our compassion as we pursue love and the gifts of the spirit let it be our compassion that leads us to press in and pray for healing for the sick second thing i know we got a bunch of kids here today no kids are still, i'm flying through this all right so You know, maybe rewatch this later and put it on like halftime speed if I'm speaking too fast. All right. Uh, Healing is how, (laughs) second point is this. Healing is how Jesus intended, healing is how Jesus intended for his kingdom to advance. This is important for us to remember because often we think healing is a preference. Healing is something that we get to decide whether we do or not. And for Jesus, the way he commissioned the 12, the way he commissioned the 72, was he said healing is part and parcel the message of the kingdom. Okay, look at uh, verses 6 through 7. And so we're back. We're back in our text. Peter approaches the lame man. The lame man calls out to him to receive money, and Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. I absolutely love that line by Peter. I love that line, Right? He goes, he goes, hey, he goes, essentially, bro, we're broke, man. I got no cash. You know, like, we're, we're this. We're, I, what's beautiful about this, too, is you see the apostles, Peter and John? They weren't using their apostolic office to fill their pockets with money, okay? They weren't doing a healing ministry to, like, get $5,000 Gucci suits and crocodile boots and, like, slick back hair. They, did, they, did, they didn't say to the dude, hey, silver and gold we have, and if you give us some of your silver and gold, then we'll heal you right that wasn't the apostolic call the apostolic call was all of these dudes each and every one of them died uh tied for uh for what they for what they saw they died for their faith they died for jesus right so so we see that their apostolic call was a call of of suffering but it wasn't suffering say hey silver and gold we don't have because we don't need possessions we got something far greater we have the person of jesus christ the name that is above every name we have found everything in jesus money and gold you can take your possessions That can come and go. We have Jesus. And what I have, what I possess, Jesus Christ, what he's done for me is what he can do for you. Let me show you what this Jesus is like. And then Peter does, church, Peter does the unthinkable, right? He he, he pronounces healing over this guy. Before the dude's healed is the gist of the text. Before the dude's healed, he grabs him by the hand, right? And he says, rise up and walk. And he's lifting the guy before the healing comes. And as he lifts him up, the dude is healed. Now, Listen. That is a bold move. <laughs> that can go, that can go really wrong, really fast. All right. And so scholars uh, are, and I and I believe this to be true. We don't want to read into the text, but we'll just say this. Maybe this is an example of 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gift of faith. Right, well, we know that this man was there daily at the temple. We know that the disciples went to the temple. Uh, the early church would go to the temple, worship at the temple. So they saw this man before, right? They probably knew his name, probably given him money before, maybe prayed with him before. But who's but to say that as Peter and John are walking there, the Holy Spirit doesn't immediately speak to Peter and go, today's that man, that, th- this day's man, that this man's day to be healed. This is his day. You, you command his healing right now. The gift of faith is this surefire 1,000% gift of grace, which is just a gift of confident assurance that God is going to do what he's putting on your heart to do, that this man will walk, right? And so I think Peter's operating in that gift of faith, the gift of the Spirit of God operating through him. And listen, God is still doing this kind of stuff today. He's still doing this stuff, kind of stuff today. Like Peter and John, they were just commuting to church. They were just, they were just going to pray, right? They're commuting, and all of a sudden, oh, as they're listening, as their hands are open, this is the whole reason we're going through this Acts Sermon series, why we want to be go- open to the gifts of the Spirit, is because one man gets healed through Peter and John being yielded to God and then listening to the Holy Spirit, and then 5,000 people on that day come to know Jesus after they preach the gospel. Right? One man's healing, one encounter, 5,000 are healed, okay? So um, a year and a half ago, Jen and I were out of state we at a conference, talked about this a couple weeks ago. And in between one of the sessions, we're going to the grocery store, not the best part of town. And uh, church, I just walked past this lady in the grocery store, okay, near the checkout. I walked past her. And immediately when I walked past this lady, I hear a thought that flashed upon my mind. Uh, it, was, it was just a thought that flashed upon my mind, which I knew was a still small voice of God, the internal voice of God. And it was simply this, pray for that lady's kids. She didn't have any kids with her. There's nothing in her cart that would show me she had kids. They were, they were, I mean, I like, was just like, pray for that lady's kids. I'm like, what? what, what? Like, and so I'm at the checkout now, and I'm like, I, I've never done Church, I, this is the first time I've ever done this. So like, like by the way, so you'll see how I, I stumbled my way through this, all right? I got my credit card in there. Our little groceries are loaded. She's loading up her groceries. Two cashiers here, gents to my right. And I just go, all right, I got to send it. Let's go. Anyone get that reference through the, anyways, anyways, ignore it. Um, full send. So I look at her. And I go, do you have kids? Now, quick question for you, quick disclaimer. If you're out in public, the one question you never want to ask a parent is, do you have kids? It is like the weirdest thing ever. Like, immediately, that person's like, this, you are weird. OK, so that was the response I got. I was like, hey, hey, like, excuse me, do you, do you have kids? And she looks at me, and she goes like, "Like yes. Like, no joke. I'm not exaggerating. She was like, yes? Like, get away from me, weirdo. Like, what, what are you doing? And then I go, I go. I go, hey, I feel, I feel like right now God wants me to pray for your kids, and she goes, and she's still weirded out, and she goes, like, like Jen saw this go down. She goes, like, okay, thanks, i.e., saying like, that's cool. You go do that in whatever temple you worship in, you weirdo, but don't do that right here. But I knew what I, I just knew what I heard, and I go, I go, hey, hey, no, 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 like, like, I, I literally, said, I said, I said, no, no, no. How can I right now pray? specifically for your kids and then it was something like that broke off of her this is the third time i pressed in and she goes wow this is crazy i just left the icu yesterday my little daughter my little daughter and then she mentioned something if i remember correctly about blood clotting and her daughter's heart okay pretty serious stuff just left the icu blood clotting her daughter's heart okay so i I look at her and i go i go um whine in my head i go Oh, man, I guess that was the voice of God. <laughs> like, that was surprising. And I go, hey, what's your da- got our daughter's name? I was like, hey, I'm just going to pray for her right now. I'm not gonna, I didn't say I was going like, to wave a blazer or like, you know, slap her on the forehead. I didn't say it, but I was like, let me just pray for you right now. And, and I pray this prayer, simple prayer of faith. Just Heavenly Father, we ask for full and total healing for little and Jesus. And I'm about to close the prayer, and then I get a download, an impression uh, from God, I believe, of, 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 this, of, of, what's, of what this woman has walked through in her life. The compassion of Jesus is welling up compassion in me, tears. And I get a download of, I feel like this, she was a single mom probably, is the impression I'm getting, mistreated by men her entire life, and has gone through the ringer this past week, almost losing her daughter, right? And the Lord, I'm trying to close the prayer, and the Lord's like, you don't close the prayer. And it leads me to, and I I felt led to look her in the, so I'm looking her in the eyes now, and I go, and I bless this mom in the name of Jesus and i had no exit strategy after that right and then i go god bless you got my credit card yeah you know like you know so i stumbled my way through that but all that to say is the lord is still doing this today and as we're walking out we heard that lady talking with the cashiers going that was crazy right that was in that was like just like jaw on the floor i saw that she was fighting back tears as i was looking her in the eyes blessing her in the name of jesus and who's to say I'm, I'll never, i am not. I might never see that lady again who's to say that her life didn't radically change that day that revival didn't break out in her life that her daughter didn't get healed right what if her daughter got healed but what i'm saying is that is that god i believe the voice of god spoke to me to pray for healing in 2021 for her daughter and it was out of compassion compassion the compassion of jesus for this mom who went through the ringer. And at the, the best case scenario, or the worst the, the worst that could happen in that moment was, is, is this lady who maybe maybe knew Jesus for a while, wandered from the face, saw the heart of Jesus. Jesus said, I know you. I see you. I'm with you. This crazy bald man is my mouthpiece and he's stumbling over, but you need to see my heart for you in that, right? And we leave and Jen's like, oh my gosh, that was crazy. That was like the, so cool that you did that. I was like, Jen, I, that that was the Holy Spirit. I can't take any credit for that. I can't take any credit. I'm not, I'm not trying to take any credit for that. What I'm trying to illustrate to you is that, listen, when you go into a grocery store filled with the Spirit of God, yielded to him with impression, give you, ain't nobody safe in that grocery store. Right? When you're commuting to church and you're, 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 the night before you have tears in your eyes and you're crying out for the lost to be saved, and you're saying, God, I don't have, I don't have compassion for brokenness. I don't have compassion for the lost. Give me that. Give me that and 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 it's out of that welling up of compassion and yielding to the Holy Spirit that the gospel advances in power And that's the whole point here is Peter and John. They were commuting to church They were on their way to the temple to pray You know, it wasn't this wasn't an outreach event. You tracking with me It was spirit-filled believers who loved Jesus advancing his kingdom as they went about their days right yielded to him and so healing is intended Today, because it's part and parcel of the kingdom of the living God, and so uh, I got to speed up here. As we look at Peter's prayer, side note, I do you want to say this? If you're here today in the live stream or in person, and you're and you're uh, you know maybe a skeptic or or not a believer, or familiar uh, with uh, you know things of the, of the Christian faith, how would you explain that story that I just shared with you? If God doesn't exist, I wasn't praying. I wasn't a lucky guess. I just walked past her. And that, that came across my mind and it was laser-like in its specificity, laser-like to the heart. She just left the ICU. So how do you explain that away? Oh, if, if, from a purely naturalistic perspective, where, where there is no option of God existing, how do you explain that supernatural encounter with that lady to bring healing to her daughter, healing maybe to her heart. How do you explain that away? It was just the the astronomical odds of that happening when I've never done that before in my entire life up until that day. Okay, just want to throw that out there. All right, so when we look at Peter's prayer, Peter's prayer is kind of confusing. And what I mean by that is Peter doesn't ask for healing. Peter commands healing. He commands it. His prayer ends with an exclamation point, not a question mark. You tracking with me? It ends with an exclamation point, not a question. And we scratch our heads and we go, "Man, is is Peter in the Word of Faith movement? Is he's naming it and claiming it right now? Is Peter commanding God to do something? Like what's going on here?" No, no, no. Peter's not commanding God to do something. Peter is just obeying what Jesus commanded him to do. Right? This is the gospel of the kingdom. Look at not look at Luke nine one through two. Don't take my word for it on this. Okay go to the gospels and go to acts and do a study on every time jesus or the disciples pray for someone to get healed and let me know how many exclamation points you see and let me know how many question marks you see do it yourself all right like it's in god's word luke 9 1 through 2 jesus calls the 12 together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases and then he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of god and to heal for the sake of time, we got to gloss over that, but that's, that's a crazy verse right there, church. Matthew 10, it gets crazier. And he called out his 12 disciples, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction, and, and proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is, this is pretty wild stuff, right? So I imagine Peter gets commissioned to rally the troops for this meeting that Jesus has with the twelve. Right, hey, Peter, go, go rally them. Tell, them. tell them to grab their notebooks, meet in the multi-purpose room. We're going to have a quick pep talk. Disciples get there, you know, all this stuff. And then Jesus looks at him and goes, I give you my power and my authority. And I imagine the tax collector, Levi, like wait, what? You're giving us what? Jesus, I, I just filed people's taxes, bro. Like, I'm good with, like, Excel and spreadsheets. You're giving us what? Power to do what? What are you? What well, We've seen you use that power and authority and we were just kind of along for the ride. You're telling, you're entrusting that to us like, like jaw on the floor. And, and I imagine they're asking, well, well, what's the purpose of you entrusting with us both the power and the authority that you have that you're entrusting to us? Well, he says, he says, you want to know the purpose? Here's the purpose to, to, to recap the verses I just read. Wherever you see the horrific effects of the curse of sin, and the kingdom of darkness, you wield that power and authority I've entrusted to you to topple the kingdom of darkness and plant the flag of my kingdom in the hearts of men. Right? Because cause, cause if we ask ourselves, why was Jesus all about healing the sick and raising the dead and like casting out demons? It's a kingdom versus kingdom mindset. It's spiritual warfare. But more than that, it's, it's the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven invading this earth it's jesus christ reclaiming everything that the enemy tried to take from him right so to heal the sick well sickness is a result of the curse of sin right and so jesus says hey there's no sickness in heaven sickness is part of the kingdom of darkness It's a result of the curse of sin so when you go you proclaim that the king is at hand and, and and show them show them what the king is like and you heal the sick why death well death is it says the wages of sin is death in scripture well, well, wherever you see death, bring resurrection. Wherever there's death, bring life, right? Wherever you see the presence of, of demons, wherever you catch a whiff of the kingdom of darkness, you are to cast them out of the hearts of men, evict them, and then proclaim the kingdom where you put the flag in the ground and you say, Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, the mighty counselor, this is who he is, this is what his kingdom is like, and he's offering you rescue from sin and darkness. This is what he's like. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. He forgives of sin right he 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 makes demons flee and beg for mercy and then you offer you preach the gospel and you say you can have citizenship in this kingdom colossians would teach us that the gospel is transfer of citizenship from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of god jesus christ came on a rescue mission for us that's why that's why healing is part of the kingdom is because essentially what jesus is saying one of my favorite verses in the bible is first john 3 you know put this on your fridge right or, or you know have your grandma uh, uh, sew this into one of your throat pillows. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. How about that for a verse, right? How about that for a tattoo, right? The reason the Son of God, Jesus Christ, appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And whenever the sick is healed, or whenever the sinner gets saved, or whenever a demon gets cast out, that's Jesus destroying the works of the devil, toppling down the kingdom and advancing the kingdom of God. And Jesus teaches us to pray. How did he teach his disciples to pray? Our Father who art in heaven, your name be Hallowed hallowed be your name and what your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven So when the miraculous kingdom of heaven breaks in the future is breaking into the reality to give a foreshadowing of what awaits the Saints right And so Jesus entrusts the 12 and then we see in Luke 9 and 10 he trusts 72 no-name disciples we never get their names 72 to go town by town with his power and authority to do exactly what he commanded the 12 to do. And then you fast forward to Matthew 28, the Great Commission, and Jesus says, you go make disciples, teaching them what? Everything that I have commanded you to do. Commanded you to do. When was the last discipleship you, class you had that taught you how to heal the sick? Or pray to break off demonic oppression in people's life?" What if, what if this is block, lock and step what it means to be a disciple of Jesus that, that, that Jesus Christ still wants his kingdom to advance. He has a vested interest in still destroying the works of the devil through his instrument, the church. His instrument, the church to advance his kingdom. And that's our hope and our prayer. I'm going to move to my last point here is that we at the Transit Church we would not we would refuse I'm adamant about this church. We would refuse to try to do church really well. That doesn't work. That, like, 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 not to say we're not going to do things with excellence and strive, but we want, this is my prayer, listen, we want to be dangerous for the kingdom of God. There is a ton of brokenness, a ton of brokenness that needs to be healed and redeemed and we're sitting on the name of jesus christ of nazareth we have uh, a divine power from on high the holy spirit and we want to raise up at the transit church a mighty move of god a mighty army to be about what jesus wants us to be about okay so so that's what we want to be about dangerous for the kingdom of god in the best sense of, of the term in the best sense of the term and my last point is this is that three we see that healing glorifies and magnifies the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We see healing is an issue not of preference, but also an issue of the glory of God. And leaping up, so we're returning to our text, verse 8. As, as Peter takes this man's hand, what happened? He leaping up, he stood up and he began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. I imagine this guy is buckled over sobbing. The first steps he's ever taken in his life. I'm sure at first he's he's leaning on Peter, and then all of a sudden he's, he's like trying his new legs out, you know, and and all of a sudden, I mean, dude, this guy, imagine getting, like, a brand new set of, like, heavenly manufactured quads. Like, this dude's probably jumping around like a cricket, man. You know, like, his vertical is probably, like, six feet. He's probably, like, hurdling donkeys. I don't know. I'm just saying. Anyways, he's, he's leaping. He's leaping. But what, but what does his healing lead him to? Praising god glorifying the name of jesus and then you look at the response of everyone else around and all the people saw him walking and praising god and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for arms and alms and what do we see the result of a sign in wonder what do we see the result of healing we see this and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to them this miracle was undeniable a lot of these people here at the temple carried this guy in they're probably family members they knew this guy from birth maybe and they were faced they were confronted with the power of God they were confronted with this miracle and it's no wonder after this that 5000 people gave their life to Jesus after this powerful encounter one man is healed everyone sees it peter stands up and he preaches the gospel we're going to see this in the next couple weeks and 5000 souls are saved for the glory of God acts 3:12 Peter says this as the crowd's looking at him. He goes, Peter addressed the people and he goes, men of Israel. I love this verse. Why do you wonder at this? I love that line. He says, why are you surprised that this man got healed? Do you know who your God is? Why do you wonder at this? Or then he goes, why do you stare at us as though by our power or piety we have made him walk? We have made him walk. And so Peter here, he takes no glory. He takes no honor for for this. He's saying, hey, we're, this was, this was the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I didn't, I didn't pick up the guy's hand and say in the name of the apostle Peter of Bethsaida, arise and walk. Nothing would have happened, right? He was wielding the entrusted power and authority that Jesus had given him to use, right? Like, like, like I, I missed this in my notes earlier, so I just want to clarify this of um we we still ask for healing we see that in scripture james 5 we still ask for healing and then there's moments where the spirit will lead us where we can also in a way take authority over affliction over disease and kind of speak to that in the name of jesus and command it with the authority of christ that he gives us for that to be healed okay and that's what peter's doing it's like a soldier the way power and authority is like a soldier who's been given the uniform he's been given the authorization from the higher ups to be a soldier, and he's been given a gun to the power to advance that kingdom against the enemy. That's what the power and the authority of Jesus uh, is like, is he entrusts us to go with the power and the authority and entrusts with us to go bring healing and love and reconciliation and the restoration of all things. So Peter takes no glory for this. He gives all the glory to God, and he says the trademark stamp of this, everyone watching, he says is the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It was the name Jesus Christ this is what Charles Spurgeon says about the name of Jesus and if I could write one sentence like Charles Spurgeon can write sermons uh, I would probably write some books and make lots of money anyways this is what he says in that name Jesus slumbers omnipotence the same power that made all worlds lies hidden in that name the power that will raise the dead And make new heavens and a new earth is in that name. Saving this poor fallen world from all its degradation. Unswathing the planet of all the mists that now surround it. And bidding it shine forth like all its sister stars. To the glory of God who made it. And I love this last line. That name of Jesus has infinite power in it. That name Jesus has infinite power in it. This man meets Jesus. He encounters the power of the name of Jesus and his life is given back to him. Jesus gives this man his life back to him. Everything the enemy tried to take from this man, Jesus restores, restores. And if I were to ask us a question, who do you think this, this once this once lame man from birth, who do you think he lived for the glory of from that day forward? How do you think his life looked like after this day? Right? I bet you on a daily, if not weekly basis, he was crying his eyes out, tears of gratitude, for Jesus Christ giving him his life back, bringing restoration to his heart and his soul and his body. And some of us have the same story here today that Jesus Christ has given us our lives back. He's given us our purpose back. He's given us hope. He's given us healing. Amen? All right, so I'm going to wrap up with this. I know, um, I'm saving this for the end, that if you have been a Christian and, 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 and for a couple of years or whatever, for a while, and you've prayed for God to heal, you have encountered the tension of God not always answering that prayer, right? Like, you've, you've lived in that tension. Like, I know there's power, infinite power in the name of Jesus. I know he's compassionate and merciful, but, but this person didn't get healed, Right, and so so I want to, um, there's a profound mystery there. There's a, there's a tension we have to live in, but the question is, well, then what should our approach be as we press into healing? What should our approach be as we want to be faithful to God's word, faithful to God's word when he commands us in James 5 and throughout the Gospels next to, to pray for those who are sick and dying to get healed? What should our approach be as we navigate that reality? Well, I want to close with a story um, about my brother and, and his family. My brother's my best friend in the world. Uh, got five years younger and he uh, at September of 2019 uh, was the birth of his son Nico um, And uh, his his son Nico was stillborn wasn't breathing on arrival wasn't breathing for a long time to the extent that um, immediately upon birth uh, Nico got airlifted like helicopter airlifted to DC Children's National Hospital. It was bad. It was really bad and um, The original scans of his brain showed brain damage and so what, what the doctors told Jake and his wife, Sammy, was essentially this. Worst case scenario, we, just, we have to prepare you for this, something to this effect. Worst case scenario was this, was that. that hey, your son might be a vegetable, essentially. The, the brain damage might be so bad that you're going to have to make the decision on pulling the plug. That's worst case scenario. Base case scenario there's going to be brain damage. We, don't, we just don't know how severe. And so, so for about, I think it was about five days, they do brain cooling, where they try to bring down the inflammation in the brain, and, and you want to talk about something that, that makes you cry your guts out when you get home. you see, seeing your brother hold, hold the finger of his little son who's shivering because his body temperature is so low, and you both are weeping your guts out. And so for, they're waiting for, the, the, for after the brain cooling, they're waiting. They're waiting for the news of, what, of what, what's going to happen, right? and uh, I still I still remember getting that group text I think it was a Tuesday afternoon we're all I mean I was waiting by the I mean all ever the earth stood still on that day and it was a follow-up from all the scans and everything of little Nico and the doctor walks in and, and for that five days you had hundreds of people crying out for healing crying out day in and day out hundreds like pray for this kid pray for this child like pray for him it was awesome right we were we were storming we were storming the throne of grace right for healing doctor walks in and says hey we're not sure how this happened or what caused this but there's not a trace of brain damage in your son's brain you have a perfectly normal kid you all can go home right full blown healing to the glory of god the doctor said we we have we have no we we do not know there was brain damage; it is no longer there, and I know as well as you do. It was the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth who healed that little boy. Amen. And so they did a video for uh, the church that, that they're at, the church I was formerly on staff with, to share that story. But his wife, Sammy, has walked through a very, very difficult season as as her she lost her brother to cancer. Okay, and uh, I knew her brother; he was my high school uh, when I was in the youth ministry there. He was my he was my leader. Uh, He was a professional soccer player there for a little bit. We played soccer for D.C. United. Um, uh, His family, his dad was an elder at the church. I was family friends with him. Um, And at the age of 31, he got diagnosed with an extremely rare form of cancer. And you had, you didn't have hundreds, you had thousands of people praying for Sean Kike You can look up his story. His story was was in the Washington Post, USA Today, uh, uh, Fox News, so on and so forth. Like his story went out. Uh, of him proclaiming the name of Jesus, and, and I, Sammy can say this better than I can, and she's gonna she's gonna talk about how yes, God can be glorified in healing. We've seen that in our own life in September, and God can be glorified in suffering as well. So play that play that video.
1: Um, we have been on both sides of uh, praying for somebody to be healed. Um, six and a half years ago, my brother Sean passed away from a very rare and aggressive form of cancer. Um, many people were praying for him and thankfully he did know the lord um, but ultimately he went on to be with the lord um, and we know he is healed in heaven resting in jesus arms and so we have great hope in that Um, but during his very short battle with cancer um, many people got to hear the name of jesus by god's grace Um, and our point in sharing this is that god can be just as glorified um, in somebody not being healed as somebody who is healed. Um, so, um, you know, we go back to Meshad, Shadrach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel, um, where they state that He, God, will deliver us, and even if He doesn't, um, basically, we will still continue to worship Him and not worship anyone else. Um, and we choose to believe He is good despite that, what's going on. Um, So we hope that this story is an encouragement to you, and um, we hope that God is glorified in this story.
0: I just absolutely love uh, that perspective and that line she shares of, of God can be just as glorified in someone not being healed as someone who is healed. And that's what we saw with her brother Sean. Thousands of people, thousands of people literally across the nation saw someone face death in the face Right, face it with with the confident assurance that I will either be healed on this side or I'll be healed on the other side. Right, and the the, the, the gospel, the good news, the hope of Jesus Christ, was 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 was, uh, was spread out across the nation, and there were thousands of nonbelievers at Sean's funeral who knew Sean and loved Sean that heard the gospel and that message there that Sean uh, showed which Jesus was glorified as better and as supremely valuable and more worthy, knowing Jesus was more valuable and worthy than, than, than life itself, right? And, and, and what I'm getting at is this, is Romans fourteen eight says this. I'm wrapping up with this. I love this verse. It says this, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die and we're suffering And we're wrestling with the curse of sin. And we're pressing into healing. And we're not seeing people get healed. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we're going to live or whether we're going to die, our hope is we are the Lord's. We are the Lord's. So that the refrain of our hearts is this, Transit Church. This is the beauty that Jesus Christ alone gives us. This is the hope that Jesus Christ alone gives us. Silver and gold, wealth we might not possess health we might not possess we possess something far greater the name of jesus christ our savior our redeemer our lord he has rescued us and there's a day coming when he will wipe every tear from our eyes there's a kingdom coming there's a kingdom coming with no more sin no more death no more lameness no more pain and it's thanks to jesus jesus christ has ushered that in i'll end with the new city catechism the new city catechism says this Ask a question, and then gives the answer. What is our only hope in life and death? And it is that we are not our own, but belong, body and soul, both in life and death, to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so two things to close our time. I'll wrap up with this and pray. And I call up the band here. Um, one, we're going to invite uh, prayer team four. There's going to be probably about four people to my right, your left, after the service to pray For healing whether that's you need inner healing it's been a rough week for you there's brokenness in your heart Jesus says in Luke 4 I came to bind up the brokenhearted so that's you today we ask after the service come up for prayer and if you need physical healing today uh, listen when you pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth anything is possible there's infinite power to heal and to redeem, and to restore in the name of Jesus, and so if you have a stub toe, or stage four cancer, come forward after the service, and we're gonna, we're gonna pray for you, and we're gonna see what our king is going to do, amen, so we want to invite you to do that, because it's, it's lock and step with the heart of Jesus, okay, and lastly, if you're here today, and you're not a believer uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're in a great place, we want to say to you loud and clear if you're on the live stream or with us in person that jesus died out of love for you he went on the cross to bear your sins so that your sins could be forever washed away imagine what it's like for guilt and shame and condemnation to be forever lifted off of you as you go to jesus and you say jesus forgive me of your sins and you take a leap of faith And you say, I received the gift of salvation that you died on the cross to forgive me of my sins. There is nothing that comes remotely close to knowing the love of our Redeemer and King, Jesus Christ. He created you. He created you to walk with him, to talk with him, to know him. And the reason Jesus died was to destroy sin. Sin in our hearts is what separates us from the love of God. It was God's love. It was God's love for you that he went to the cross for you. And that's what Jesus accomplished was to destroy sin, to forgive you of your sins. It's the best news on the planet that you can belong, heart, soul, and body, both now, today, it's a day of salvation, both now and forevermore. You can belong, heart, soul, mind, to a gracious, compassionate, merciful God who will save you from the curse of sin and separation from him and embrace you in the arms of a loving father and so today i believe whether you're on the live stream or here in person jesus is reaching out his nail scarred hand in love to you and the way you respond to the the good news of the gospel of what jesus christ has accomplished for you is the same way you receive the gift it's all paid for he's done it all you just say yes you open up your hand into the nail scarred hand of jesus and you say yes i receive your forgiveness jesus I believe you died on the cross for my sins to cleanse me from all unrighteousness and bring me back home to God and I trust you and I enthrone you I step off the throne of my life and I enthroned you King Jesus on the throne of my life that's the best decision you could ever make in your life so I'm going to go quiet here and I'm going to give all of us an opportunity to respond whether you've known Jesus for a while or this is your first time ever in a church man he is alive he the church. He's alive. It's all real. It's all true. Heaven awaits us, and heaven has invaded our souls and our hearts. So let's posture our hearts today to respond to the preaching of his word, to the goodness and the glory of our King Jesus and everything he's done for us. I'll go silent, take a moment to pray, and then I'll close this in prayer, and we'll sing some songs. father we love you we thank you for the heights and the lengths and the depths you've gone to rescue us jesus from everything that sin and uh the enemy has tried to take from us thank you lord jesus that you came for us thank you jesus that you're uh you're the the good shepherd who goes after the uh leaves the 99 and goes after the one sheep that has gone astray lord jesus thank you god if there's anyone here today who thinks they're unworthy of your love or unworthy of your affection, Holy Spirit, would you just come upon them and pour the love of Jesus right now into their hearts, God? I pray that your hev- that, that heaven would come to earth, that your kingdom would come and advance in our hearts and our minds, Lord Jesus. So for everyone watching or anyone here today, God, I pray that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to see the glory of King Jesus, who he is, all that he's accomplished for us, God. So we worship you, we praise you. You are redeemer, you are savior, you are healer, you are king of kings and Lord of lords and nothing holds a candle to knowing you, Jesus. So we thank you, Mouths full of praise today. We leave here praising you and thanking you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.